Baboons to the left of me, baboons to the right. The speeding locomotive tore through a sea of inhuman fangs. A pair of the great apes rose up at me, but Biff, bam, I sent them flying like two hairy footballs. A third came screaming at me. <laughs> and that's when I got mad. Now that's religion. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review in Marge We Trust. I am Dando. I am Mitch. Happy New Year. Year. Happy New Year to you. And Happy New Year to all our listeners and Merry Christmas. Hope you all had a good Christmas and got spoiled by Santa Claus. First podcast of 2019. It's been a long time since I've spoken to you. I feel like I... I feel like I've forgotten how to do the show. It's weird. I was taking notes for this episode and I was kind of like, hang on a sec, what segments do we have again? That said, I mean, people would have still been listening to our show in 2019. It's just the first time that we've recorded in 2019. That is true. I dropped, did you notice I dropped a couple of our, I dropped the Futurama one on the free feed. Um, I did. The Jurassic Bark. And some guy hung shit on us on on the Facebook page. He was like, I put something, some post up and then he goes, First, they give us a circle joke about how great dogs are with Jurassic Park. Now, they give us this shit. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh, I thought dogs are good. <laughs> dogs are great. What's your problem, man? I don't know who you are, but fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I read that and was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. I mean, we talked about how much we love dogs, but we love dogs. We're going to talk about how much we love dogs. It's a dog episode. It's Jurassic Park. It's the saddest and, thing well, of all time. Yeah, the whole... The whole episode is about the love for a dog. What are we supposed to talk about? <laughs> but how was your Christmas anyway? Did you get spoiled? Uh, yeah, I did. Ash looks after me as uh, she, as she does virtually every year. Um, uh, actually, a massive shout out to Joel Simpson. I might pop a photo up now that it's common knowledge in the Facebook group. So Joel, who did our artwork, did a fantastic print for Ash to... Well, it's to commemorate something that hasn't happened yet, but Ash and I are doing a European holiday this July and Joel marked up a really great kind of uh, cross between Indiana Jones and a treasure map sort of map of Europe and the places that we're going to and then drew us into different scenarios as little postcards from each of those places. So it's like us dressed as the Royal Guard in London, us dressed as mimes in Paris, us in gladiatorial combat in Rome. And he's done a fantastic job, and uh, it was a present that brought tears to Ash's eye. So I certainly won Christmas this year. That was the uh, gift that Ash was, Ash was mentioning in the Christmas special that mm. she didn't want to guess. Yeah, exactly right. She thought it was just going to be wedding photos. Yeah, that's what she thought. Yeah, yeah. I got spoiled. Elliot got more spoiled. We had, I see, Nicola and I. We said before going into Christmas beforehand, we're not going to spend much on Elliot. Well, I said that because I'm like, well, it makes no sense. He's not going to remember Christmas. What's the point? You know, we'll just save our money for when he actually can enjoy the presents. Me being me, I spent way too much money at Christmas, as I always do. And there's this great picture we got of Nicola holding Ali in front of all the presents. And really, it was just because he was teething at the time. So, he was about to put his hand in his mouth. But it looks like he's just, you know, when, you, when you're so like excited. He's you put, yeah, like, oh my God. Look, it's like the <laughs> most perfect photo. It's so great. <laughs> that is but pretty uh, yeah. great. Yeah, but cool. yeah, I hope you all had a great Christmas. And uh, thank you for tuning into 2019. This is going to be the best year ever. Is that right, Mitch? Yep. Best year ever? Uh it couldn't be. It couldn't be worse than 2018 was, uh, which I think is agreed by most historians to be one of the most shitty years on record. I 
wanted to give a quick little shout out to Cross Promotion because uh, this is an episode that only went up recently, but a podcast called Dirty Harry Minute. It's one of those podcasts where they take a movie and break it down one minute at a time. Uh, I guested on five episodes, the first of which went on uh, went up to where recently uh, they're about 25 minutes to half uh, to half an hour long or so was a lot of fun uh, trekking out to the other side of Melbourne to sit in a lounge room and be offered some delicious ginger biscuits the people know this podcast we've mentioned it before because we did the Batman one remember the Batman one was a different different people oh different people oh it's just the same concept yeah. so same these guys concept, have stolen the concept people, different movie yeah <laughs> yeah like the plagiarizing bastards but they're doing it about Dirty Harry which, yeah. for some reason, of all of the movies, they've chosen as their favourite. I don't know why, but that kind of thing works for me. I listened to it, um, what was the most obscure thing? Jumanji. Wind in the Willows. Minute. No, Jumanji, minute by minute. Oh, dear. And, and it was just like, I don't know why I listened to it. I got like six episodes in and I was like, I don't think I can commit to the rest of this. I was just in trance. I was like, they're just talking about nothing to do with Jumanji, but I was just listening to it. There's just something about that concept that works. It is a lot. Of, it's actually something that I really, really enjoy doing. Like we laugh at ourselves for taking a heart or 23 minute show and turning it into an hour to an hour and a half podcast. But I really enjoy seeing how much I can milk out of one minute of movie, particularly if it's not a very interesting minute to try to like come up with backstories for everything. Like where did he buy that shirt? What, like, how much did it cost him? Did he buy it because it was on sale or did he buy it because he thought it went with his pants? What stage of Dirty Harry's laundry rotation is he in when he decides to wear that particular, you know, item of clothing? Do we... Because apparently the worst episode of The Simpsons of all time uh, is the Lady Gaga episode. Do we do a minute by minute of that? No. (laughs) (laughs) That... What there is, have you heard of the podcast called The Worst Idea in the World? I'll throw them a little bit. I think it's The Worst Idea in the World. Worst Idea Ever. Something along those lines. But it's a couple of New Zealand guys. They're two or three seasons in. But their their podcast is built around every week they watch the same movie and review it. And it's a movie that they hate. So the first season, every week for 52 weeks, they watched uh, Grown Ups 2 and had to review it. But how did they just they just went off on tangents or? Yeah, it's more of like a descent into madness of like what the fuck are we doing watching this movie again and again I, I feel and like again. That would get old really quickly though. No, it doesn't. It's hilarious. Okay. It's right, really cool. really worth listening to. Well, enough about what other podcasts you should be listening to. Let's talk about ours. So in Marjorie Trust, uh, this was an episode that it's one of those ones where it's one of the for me. I always thought it was one of the weaker ones of season eight. Still, I don't consider it to be one of the best. I was surprised about how little the Mr. Sparkle storyline had to do with this, because I've always seen this as the Mr. Sparkle episode. What they did do a good job of, though, was given a bit of a backstory to Reverend Lovejoy that I've completely forgotten about. Yeah, not that I think the backstory matters, but I do love the backstory. It's a, It serves for some really funny moments in this episode. I also went into this thinking, I don't really know if this is going to be one of the stronger episodes ever, because... A lot of the listen lady stuff, like it's, there's little bits that are funny, but for the most part, I didn't really remember it. But I had forgotten how much screen time Lovejoy actually gets in this episode. And this isn't, like, more than anything, this is a Lovejoy episode. It's not really about Marge. It's just that Marge's story is the catalyst to kick off Revelyn Lovejoy. And he's kind of the one that's actually driving a lot of what goes on here. Like, him not caring is what causes Marge to be the listen lady, but then it's him 
like becoming so that then causes him to become so despondent because he's lost his sense of purpose. And then obviously the cause and effect of the advice that March gives to Flanders. And then that's what kicks, kickstarts Lovejoy getting his mojo back and getting back into the groove and I love his final sermon that's my favourite moment like bad ones to the left of me bad bad ones to the right right. (laughs) that's when I got mad so good (laughs) it was I was watching that going please make that the intro quote to this episode like I think that's what we need to listen to because it reminded it it reminded me of um, George when he was telling the whale story the whale story yeah he was 10 stories high if he was a foot what were you going to say, though, before I rudely interrupted? No, just that I, I actually... Because I, I've found through re-watching the Simpsons episodes that Lovejoy is someone that I want to see more and more and more of. His, his moments are always painfully brief, whereas this episode crams a lot of him in. It, it's almost like the equivalent of... Not, not in as much... Uh, not to the same extent, but it's an equivalent episode of A Fish Called... Selma, where obviously that's Troy McClure, but you take an episode that often... Sorry, you take a character that often exists only for two or three sentences and then you don't see him for the rest of the episode and you kind of structure a three-act story around this guy and see him go through some development. And it's, a, for me, a great example of taking a, a background character and bringing him to the foreground. Well, you said before that the, the backstory doesn't really, isn't really that important. For me, it was because I've always sort of wondered... Why is the Reverend so... It just seems to hate everything about his life. Why is he like this? Right. And See, I, I'd I, never... Personally, not to cut you off, but I'd never wondered that because it just, for me, that was the joke. That you had a, a Reverend who didn't really care about being a Reverend. That, to me, was just, you know, funny. Yeah, yeah. And it is funny. I, I'll give you that. But I just wanted to know, surely he didn't go into this job feeling this way. Because why would you? You know? and. Mm. I think it was just, it was sort of ironic that it was Flanders. That was the one. It was just like, oh, that's right. <laughs> I think I swallowed a toothpick. <laughs> I, uh, that that to me, like I was torn trying to find, I, I like for my favorite moment of the episode, I have three competing ones that I just couldn't split. But that montage of Ned slowly destroying his spirit, like calling him when he's on a da- like romantic dinner in Paris because yes. he swallowed a toothpick. <laughs> that's that. That's right up there. Uh, was the first one we were doing a dance called the bump, and I slipped and accidentally my buttocks touched the buttocks of another man. Yeah, that is what an intro to the town. Like when you first arrive at Springfield, and you're like, oh, okay, this is the problems we're going to be dealing with. Now, do you know I watched because I watched this on the DVD with the deleted scenes included, just before Flanders walks in. So when he arrives, Jasper was actually the original Reverend. So Jasper sort of gives the job. To uh to the Reverend saying good luck you're gonna hate this job and as he walks out that's when Flanders walks in but they cut that out but yeah so Jasper was the original original uh, Reverend of Springfield right I didn't know that I hadn't watched the uh, deleted scenes I, I rarely do to be perfectly honest but that's that's interesting now we're here Lovejoy is he a good person because he seems to find a lot of joy out of people feeling bad about themselves uh, well am I a good person would be my counter question to that. We all know the answer. Move on. <laughs> well, then the Lovejoy love joy is... No, I think he's a fundamentally good person. Like, what you would eventually start to enjoy seeing people suffer when you're constantly, you know, hit over the head with all these requests. Flanders' requests, mostly. You'd eventually get- just go, you know what? I don't care anymore. 
but it's not everyone else's fault that there's one guy who was annoying. Uh, yeah, but how many times before it just completely breaks your human spirit? But it's like a, a football player complaining about a little kid wanting his autograph. You signed up for this job. It is, but I can also understand it. Like, and while I would love that because I'm an egomaniac, if I was a shy person, it might eventually start to get to me. Would you sign fake autographs to kids, do you reckon? You totally would. No. No, never. Definitely not kids. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe parents. Oh, man. I reckon I'd do it for that one, like, when a parent comes over going, it's for my eight-year-old, but it's really for him. And you could tell. Yeah. Like, you'd have shifty eyes. That's where one... Chesty LaRue. Like when they're wearing an adult-sized jumper, but it's for their kid. I got Mitch Grinner's autograph. Fool, that ain't Mitch Grinner's autograph. I also thought this episode here was directed quite well in the sense that it was very patient with the delivery of some of the gags. It gave them time to breathe. Yeah. For example, uh, Homer dialing the phone. Um, which was March... one of my, which was another one of my three favorite moments. Okay, yeah. It's it's one of those, you know, funny, not funny, then gets funny again moments. Um, when Bart says someone's watching us right now, and they all look around the room. And even when uh, Sea Captain, when he gets told about his Game Boy, just the, I, but like, like drags it out like three or four times. Yeah. It's just, they really, really gives times for the gags to really just, just gives them time to breathe. And that just makes them so much better because of it. Yeah. Uh, in the Homer dialing Jap- Hokkaido Japan moment, one of my, what I really loved about that and where it excelled was the animators. They really shone in that because they managed to just give enough variation in the way he was dialing those numbers and the look of concentration on his face, the half room glasses, everything about that was fantastic. The guy at the computer just running away because he couldn't handle the responsibility. Is that what you think it was? Cause I know, I know he's like, is it a local call? Which, which is just so great in itself. Like just ask for a phone book for Japan. Can I, can yeah. I use your phone? Is which it a he local just call? happens to have right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. But he sort of looks at Homer. I feel like they had, this is just me. I thought they had him just walk away because otherwise he would be questioning Homer why he's calling Japan. Like it, it, like Homer wouldn't get away with making the phone call if the guy was still there. No, he didn't just walk away. And the guy looked at him. Like I know he's he looked very at aware. Him. He's very aware of what's going on. The guy's just run off because... It, one of two things. He was either running to get a supervisor, but if he was doing that, it would have come in. Or he was just plausible deniability. It was just, well, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> Because back in 97, a phone call to Japan was fucking expensive. Oh, well, I imagine even now that, like, at best, it's a dollar per minute to call overseas. It's never cheap. Not unless you have... If you're calling from your mobile, it's not. Depends on your plan. Okay. So, I've always had, like, 300 free minutes, so no issue there. Gotcha. But anyway, I also thought it was weird here that we... It's not often that we get a, a Flanders story that doesn't involve Homer playing a key role, or at least you know, showing his mm. hatred for him. Yeah, that's true. I like that Homer came along for the ride and that little line of dialogue, thanks for stopping by the house. Yes. Just, it's just to, you know, because why else would the Simpsons family be there? It was a but very cool to, way yeah. to call out yeah. the hacky, um, like basically bad plotting. It's like they were sitting there in the writer's room going, how can we explain why <laughs> they're there? Let's just have Homer thank him. <laughs> yeah, and it works perfectly because it's, it's hilarious. <laughs> now, this episode also has been mentioned earlier has the Mr. Sparkle. We haven't actually discussed Mr. Sparkle yet. I've always remembered this one as being the Mr. Sparkle episode. I feel like if uh, that's because you saw it as a kid and the same deal for me. Like when I was younger, Mr. Sparkle is what stood out the most. Whereas as an adult, it kind of start, like it just goes nowhere other than the fact that it's just uh, it gives something for Homer to worry about for a little bit and fill in the blanks. If we didn't get that commercial, you'd almost say it's a, a nothing story. 
It is a nothing story, even with yeah. the commercial. It goes absolutely nowhere, and it, it ends before the third act even starts. I didn't. I just. I just never realized how minimal it was actually in this episode. It, it's yeah, like, yeah. It's plays. Might as well not even be there. <laughs> no, it's a pure piece of fluff, and I was sort of looking into it, trying to see if it was some sort of allegory to something else. I was like, had Homer been ripped off somewhere along the way, and someone was trying to claim that it was an in- uh, just an accident, but. Uh, what was it? Okay, so I'm just having a quick look. The fake, the fake fruity oaty bar commercial from the film Serenity was partially inspired by the Mr. Sparkle advertisement. So no, uh, no. Basically, Mr. Sparkle exists purely in and of itself, and that's it. I sh- I'll point out, by the way, that Josh Weinstein describes this episode as one of the most underrated of all time. I don't think it makes it a good one though. Like it's 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 a fine episode. It has some very good moments. It's not you that funny though. I think it's hilarious. Honestly, this this not as consistently and not as rapid fire, but this is probably more my favorite pace for. It, it's very. It's, that's what I was going to say. I, I know you'd appreciate it because it's slower. You know, it gives like, yeah. like I was saying before, it gives the uh, the main gags time to breathe. It's not joke, 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 joke. But the jokes yeah. are there. They're there for a reason. And I not just in the Simpsons, but in comedy in general, I I enjoy that more. Like I would rather something that makes me laugh really hard five times to something that makes me constantly giggle for 20 minutes like i i just prefer the big payoff joke because you can tell swartz wrote this for example that i feel like he's the person that writes an episode and wants a gag every five seconds mm. but yeah like this one's just this one flows a lot nicer it tells a nice story when i say it's not as good i mean it's just not as i guess memorable or as as funny as some other ones but this one isn't trying to be as funny as other ones it's just trying to tell I'll, a good story i guess yeah i'll go to bat for, well it's trying to do both it's definitely trying to be funny it's just trying to be funny in a different way not as consistently funny as the other I, ones not, I, not rapid fire yeah, yeah like you said i would go to bat for this that if you haven't watched it for a long time and i think a lot of people would have a similar memory to us that they either think mr sparkle was more to do with it than anything or they might look at it and go it's a marge episode just because of the title avoid i i would argue strongly that if you went in with those expectations that this episode is going to surprise you in a very positive way. The last act of this is, is brilliant. That zoo scene is great. The zoo scene is tremendous. It's really, really good. Great combination of action, comedy, suspense. It, it's a really well-directed last few minutes of this episode. The, the one thing about Mr. Sparkle, we'll say this, is that I feel like it's an important story for this episode in the sense that it gave Homer a distraction because Marge obviously was spending a lot of time at the church, even to the point where she was there at night because Helen Lovejoy calls the church at mm. nighttime and Marge is there. So they needed something to distract Homer and the family away from the fact that Marge wasn't home all the time. Otherwise, yeah, you'd have Homer going, Marge, where are you? Marge, come home. So yep. they needed to distract him. And then Mr. Sparkle, I mean, it's not in it for much. You've got to give it that. It's fucking hilarious. That commercial is great. The commercial like is tremendous. Uh, I was, I, said, I kind of watched this with my PC glasses on sort of eyes peeled for anything that could be offensive. And, I mean, yeah, it's a clear caricature of Japanese people. However, that commercial is superb. And like that, if you ever sit down and watch any Japanese television at all, it is pretty accurate. Like, they, yeah. they haven't added anything to that. That's They've just taken the way a Japanese commercial is. And I think why it was so memorable to us and why it stayed in our minds for so long was that in 97, when we were kids and whatnot, you never really saw that kind of parody of Japanese culture, that like the TVs and movies, the way they do things, mm. where now it's more commonplace. But back then, 
we probably had never really seen anything like it at all before. So I think that's why Mr. Sparkle would just remember it so much. Yeah, that could be a big part of it. It could also just be because it was the silliest part of the episode, I think. Like, yeah. I love that when monkey. I, was, I don't know I was why. A, that toy monkey in yeah. the commercial. <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, I definitely didn't... Rem- I, I wasn't sitting there thinking, well, I haven't seen this sort of animation before. I was just thinking, it's stupid that Homer is on a detergent box. Like, that was all it was to me when I was younger. And But again, like this... Feel like is an episode less aimed at young kids than it Definitely. is adult. Yeah, yeah. The um, do you know I actually learned something from this episode years ago. So mm. you know when the guy answers the phone, he says mushy 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 mushy. Well, I used to answer the phone like that all the time as a reference to this episode. That's actually how. That's actually a a, a way to answer the phone in Japan. It's Japanese greeting. Yes. Yeah. I say I didn't know it until I was like a teenager. I was like, oh shit! I thought it was just the Simpsons being racist pricks. But no, it's actually it's actually a thing. So it turns out it was actually you being yes. a racist. Twelve <laughs> year old Dando being a racist. Yeah. <laughs> I do enjoy that uh Homer drops Kenichiwa and is actually correct. Yes. Because yep, yep, that yep. would have been another way that like y- you could have thrown a gag in there of Homer saying hello in a, a different Asian language. Perhaps Mandarin and as we all know, hello in Mandarin is ni hao. Is it? Yes, it is. Just want to make sure that it's correct. I no, did, I was... I, <laughs> did you not pick up on the fact that I was clearly Googling as yeah. I was? <laughs> I know. Like, why else would I have suddenly started speaking at about an eighth of the speed that I usually do? I did do a little bit of research, and the people who voiced the Japanese characters were actually Japanese actors as well. It wasn't Hank Azaria. <laughs> uh, including the waiter? Oh Akira. oh, Akira is Hank Akira. Azaria. Yeah, yes, Akira. But I, mean, yeah. I mean the new one, sorry. So but by, by that point, I guess Hank Azaria had already done Akira. But I guess even in 97, people aren't going, oh, that's an American guy voicing that character. We just... No. Audiences just laughed, basically. Even they? now, they're not really giving a shit because no one's made a documentary about it. I watched that documentary. And it's on my Plex, by the way, if you want to check it out. Oh, I will. It is... Okay, I don't know. I just have zero respect for that guy. and I, no, It's just the way... He is a comedian who, in my opinion, I'm not a funny person. He's a guy who's trying to get paid to be funny. He's not funny. He is not funny at all. And every time he is on the screen trying to be funny, I just wanted to turn it off. Right. He's okay. just one of those one of those guys who tries to play that awkward comedy, and it's like, fuck off, get off my screen. You're really annoying. And then he came out afterwards after people started hanging shit on him, saying, "Why are you trying to get rid of a poo? Why are you trying to get rid of a poo?" He says, "My point was to never get rid of a poo. A rid of a poo." In the documentary, direct quote, on my quest to get rid of a poo, that's exactly what he says in the documentary. I'm like, you can't then come out afterwards and say that you weren't trying to get rid of the character, dude. So there's a ringing endorsement from Brendan Dando. If you haven't seen The Problem (laughs) With The Poo, check it out. It's on his Plex. Email me for the logins. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for Marjorie Trust. Do you want to kick things off for 2019? Uh, Yeah, let's. I have three questions, as Mm -hmm. is the huge. Yeah. You know, I only this is a lame trivia question, but it made me laugh. What is it that Mo yells out in church for the love of what? Fuck, nah, what is it? Crumb cake. Crumb cake. I knew it started with C. When Lovejoy decides to restart his sermon. Ah, for the love of cum. Oh, oh, hang on. (laughs) (laughs) Whoops. Oh, man. Ah, for the love of crumb cake. There we go. (laughs) Ah, the other one is uh, for the Patreons only. (laughs) I thought it was Wiggum saying it, not Mo. 
I oh, maybe I miss her. I was listening. I was actually watching this episode out on the street, so I may have misheard the voice. But I thought yeah. it was Mo. It was Azaria anyway. My first question: What were the other two sounds that were options at the church? Mm. You know, I looked down at that exact moment. So let's go locomotive. No. Okay. Fire alarm. No. Gunshot. No. Hmm. <laughs> Think of what happens when you injure yourself. You scream. Some, no, someone comes. Oh, an ambulance. Ambulance. So sirens. And this next one, next this next one you won't get. Disco whistle. What's a disco whistle? Um, I don't know. Is it like a rave whistle? Like, blow my whistle, bitch. Yeah, that that was exactly what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Year eight swimming sports. That was all over. That was the rave. The, Everyone was the playing that song. Only, only rave song that I know. <laughs> You know, no I, <laughs> I wa- sorry, just quickly on the subject of ambulances and sirens. I watched somebody today as I was on my way over here cross at a pedestrian crossing and just walk out in front of an ambulance, sirens on, lights flashing, but they this person just went, it's a pedestrian crossing, I have the right of way. And I saw a look of dumbstruck rage that I've never seen on a human face before from the paramedics behind the wheel. It was just this <laughs> thing of like, what in... Fuck's name are you doing right now? By <laughs> law, by law, you're doing you're okay. But fuck you. I don't Someone's even know if you're dying are. right now. I don't think you are. By law, <laughs> like, is it a, is it a, is it a law though that you have to give way to an ambulance, or is it just common? Is it just the thing that we all do? I don't know. It should be a law, and they should be fitted. Yeah. Like because a lot of people don't. I would like to see them fitted with dash cams, and anyone that blatantly doesn't get out of the way, find them mm, five hundred and fifty dollars. Next question. Okay. Uh, there we go. That, that's the platform that I'm running for office on anyway. <laughs> what is the ratio of Qs to Us? Five Qs, two Us? That's it. Yeah. Yes. Well, you already said this one, so I'll think of another question. So, you had the, where was Mr. Sparkle Factory? Hokkaido. I said it before. What was in between the floors of the house, top and bottom floor? Ooh. The start of the episode, kids are watching TV. It pans up to Marge and Homer in bed. Something in right, between the something floors. Something stuck in between the floors. Dinosaur skeleton. Uh, snowball two. Oh, that's that's rough. Mm, unfortunate for snowball. Maybe it was snowball one. Well, it makes sense it'd be snowball one. <laughs> anyway, uh, my final question is of the saints that uh, Ned was having the vision of and talking to in church, which was in the big pot? No idea. Saint Donicus. Saint Donicus. See, I'm just. Never been a religious person. Don't know the saints. Do you know the saints, or did you just have to look that no, up? No, I've got no idea. It was just it was written on the um. Oh, okay. <laughs> on the stained glass. And my final question: What does the, the the Japanese worker who can speak English on the phone? What does his shirt say? Oh, uh, I've no, I'd completely forgotten. Champions of winning superb. <laughs> I want that shirt. Oh <laughs> uh, yes, it'd be so easy to make as well. I oh, guaranteed. Uh, by the way, going to be giving shout-outs for the latest patrons during the mailbag at the start of the mailbag, so stay tuned for that. Mitch, anything else you want to tell the listeners before we get into the review? Um, want to wish your wife a happy birthday for yesterday? Oh, yeah. Happy birthday to Ash. She's not a patron, though, so... But she listens. Why is she She'll... in the patron group, then? Hmm? Hmm? Because she partook in an episode. Yeah. <laughs> so, she's a content provider. That's true. All right. So, the original air date for Imagery Trust was April 27th, 1997. The couch gag is that the couch is absent in its place is a vending machine which drops the couch from the ceiling after Homer's banging on the wall and it drops and lands on him. 
Yep, there's no chopboard gag either, by the way. So the episode kicks off with what, Mitchell? Uh, it kicks off with the kids watching Itchy and Scratchy. Um, in what feels like late at night, but what turns out to be early morning. I always love the early morning starts of The Simpsons. It reminds me of getting up and watching like Super Simpsons weekends and having the TV turned down not to wake up mum. Yeah, uh, I was... When we were kids. So for me, it would never have been Super Simpsons weekends, but uh, DuckTales would have been yep. something that I'd wake yep. up early for. Um, or the flip side would be staying up. And maybe this is why I thought it was at night because my memory is more of TV in my room listening to it l- as quietly as possible yeah. at like one thirty in the morning when I should have been asleep by 10 because I had school oh, the next day. Erotic Tales on SBS. Uh, Betty Blue was uh, one of the better movies <laughs> to be trotted out on SBS on the <laughs> quarterly basis. Did you ever watch Champagne Comedy on Channel 31? No. I never watched oh. Channel 31 at all. Okay, Channel 31 was just like the local station for those listeners. I know what it is. Yeah. No, no, for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Just like what Wayne's World was on, essentially. Hmm. Um, so, basically... The champagne comedy was really bad upstart comedians from the comics lounge. And right. I remember I watched it once and this guy was getting no laughs and he pretended to cough and said, oh, don't worry, I'm just choking. Uh, you never want to do that. You don't... Like, if I could give any advice to anyone out there that wants to be a comedian, if you tell a joke and it bombs, don't call attention to it. Just move on. Like, yeah. You'd be better doing a 10-minute set really confidently when no one laughs than you would be to go, oh, that didn't go down well. Like, that sort of thing. Yeah, no. Everyone in the room is aware of that, champ. You don't need to point it out. I was just like that guy when um when Homer's on stage, but instead of saying dog, I was like, oh, that poor guy. I was just, I felt so sorry for the guy. I'm like, <laughs> man, he's in strife. He, he's got nowhere to go. He's on stage. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so... Uh, also, when they're saying turn on, t- turn on TV, turn on TV, that's Nicola and I now when Elliot's in bed. We like we, we watched the entire series of Breaking Bad on Blu-ray recently. The entire thing with subtitles. <laughs> well, that must have been thrilling. Oh, but it, we could hear it quietly, but like the majority of it, like if, it, if, it, if there was no gunshots, we turned it up a little bit. But the majority of it was subtitles. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just. Lo- I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Say my just- name. What? It, it gives it a whole horror, a horror vibe when you do that. <laughs> but then we only literally just finished watching it like three days ago. That finale is just absolutely superb. So good. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. The second to last episode, Ozzy Mandias, is fantastic. That's third to last, isn't it? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's second to last. We gives the giveaway, uh, the goodbye phone call. And is that second to last, is it? Okay. I'm, I'm 90% sure. I have not seen it since... It came out, but I would be awfully surprised if that was not... Let's find out. But uh, that, that episode is probably the greatest piece of television ever made. Uh, oh, no, it is uh, episode 14. I stand corrected. Um, yeah, second, yeah, third last, yeah. Uh, is it, look, it's very, very good. It's really, 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 really good. It, In the context of the show. It's 100% the best episode of Breaking Bad that was ever made. And it's up there with episodes like Two Cathedrals from the West Wing... Um, what else? Like, yeah, it uh probably episode four or five of the original season, a true detective. It um, uh, yeah, it's one of the best pieces of TV ever, ever to exist. Anyway, so the kids are watching itchy and scratchy. Uh, hmm. my only note for this is I really love how long Scratchy is clearly just sitting there waiting with the 
stethoscope in his ears. And why would it be in his ears to begin with? Like, what possible reason does someone that's in a hearing ward have to try to listen to something through a stethoscope? That is true. Didn't she put it in there, though? Yeah, he put it in there, but, like, you're the patient. Would oh, you but what, what? Go, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> this has been too long. Like, he catches a fucking plane to South America. <laughs> like... But he's wearing a um a doctor's a doctor's uh, coat, so he must know what he's doing. You'd be like, okay, well, this usually doesn't go in the. Oh no, no, no. I oh, would go in the patient's ears. You're right. Now, see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Why is it in the patient's ears? Yeah, <laughs> the doctors never let you have a stethoscope. They never let you touch any of their equipment. But no, no you're right. But what happens? They wake up Marge, and Marge is uh, panicking because she's going to miss church. She's late for church, but luckily she got dressed up before. Homer does the usual. I don't want to go to church. Should have made. The week, uh, an hour longer, stupid uh, God. I've got a lot of work to do around the bed. Yes. <laughs> and the, fa- the family just don't want to go to church. I mean, it, I feel like Marge is the only one who actually wants to go to church. Uh, ever. Yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, then we get the Reverend's Sermon on Constancy. Just sort of reiterating just how boring this guy is. He's so mundane. Like, what, Why would you want to go to church if you had a reverend like that, really? It might actually, in Frinkyak, by the way, or oh, for the love of crumb cake, is just credited to man. So maybe it wasn't even Mo. But it felt, it just sounded like that. Yeah. yeah. The nine tenets of constancy. For some reason, when Homer says, damn it, I don't, know, I've, I've, I don't really hear him talk like that before. Damn it! It's very forceful, but I like it. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, it's, like, it was hilarious. Yeah, <laughs> it's just that you sleep, you bump your head, and that's the first thing that comes like, to mind fuck. when you're out. <laughs> he uses the bird call to wake everyone up because he puts them back to sleep. Um, now, this is where the first deleted scene comes into it. So, there was two. There was the, the Jasper one. Now, this scene here gives, later on in the episode, it's another scene, more of a more pizzazz. So, this one here is that people are walking out of church and Reverend's standing there, and they're asking him for help. And he's just saying, yep, cool, see you next week. See you yep. next week, not offering any help. So, later in the episode, when... Everyone just walks straight past Reverend and goes to Marge for help. That's what that scene's playing up on, this deleted scene. Ah, okay, cool. Because they used to come to him and now they're walking straight past him and going to Marge. Gotcha. I think it's fair that that's deleted though because you don't need that. Like as much as it's a nice callback, you also don't need it to get that point across later in the episode. No, and you're watching it and it's just like, ah, it's kind of boring. And at the end of that deleted scene, Marge walks up and says... Reverend, I don't think you're putting in much effort. And he's just like, yep, see you next week. Which is an example. It's another example of why in 99% of times, there's a really good reason that deleted scenes are deleted scenes. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Except for, oh, we've discussed the, um, the Mole Man one, but it wasn't really mole, um, a Mole Man gag, was it? It would have been no. better for Cletus with the gun. But yeah. Uh, so the family are happy to be home because it's the longest time in between church. It feels odd seeing Lisa on Homer's side at this point in the series. Yeah, that's true. Normally she's, but, you know, all anti-Homer, but you know, but she's it makes still sense a kid. She doesn't like church. Yeah. yeah, exactly. She's still going to be bored by what's going on. And it's also odd that sometimes you see the kids in church, and then sometimes you see them in Sunday school. What, what, what is it? I don't know. Are they held at different times? No, no. Okay. Sunday schools to keep the kids distracted whilst the parents go to the sermon. Okay. Well, that sounds like a question for a religious person to answer yes. because I have no idea. They're going to the dump to get rid of the Christmas tree. Um, I like to think that they've had the Christmas tree since Marge Be Not Proud from season seven. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty funny, actually. But surely that would have not only turned brown, it would have dropped off its pine needles quite a while ago. We haven't had a Christmas episode this season, have we? Marge Be Not Proud's not season eight, is it? I don't, I I don't it's the know. the end of season seven. Anyway, uh, have, have, have you ever had a real tree for Christmas yourself? Have I ever had a real tree? No. I think we've only ever had... 
I only ever remember fake trees. Yeah, they're not a big thing in Australia. The the real oh, trees. they still they're get they still get sold, but they're nowhere yeah. as common. No, no, it's just the thirty dollar Kmart Christmas trees as usual. <laughs> You're definitely but, not going out and cutting down your own Christmas tree in Australia. No, we we had one once, and our dog kept uh, weighing on it. So never again. Yeah. Then Marge goes to see the Reverend at church because she thinks he could be doing a lot more to keep people entertained and just to helping people. Just you know, start helping people because they they want they're seeking guidance from him and he just doesn't give a shit. She wants to know like what's going on here. Why aren't you helping them? And he's like, well, I don't see you volunteering. So she does. Mm. Well, I wasn't expecting that. I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. <laughs> Homer is then at the dump with the kids and they're scrounging around. Have, did you ever go to the tip with your dad on like a Saturday morning? Uh, Not yeah. just to scrounge around, but to, to take a load. To actually to take yeah. things to the tip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's a trip that as soon as you're old enough to have a part-time job, you can get out of that, which is handy. Sorry, Dad. Got to work. But it's like you go to the tip and then it's going to Bunnings on the way home. You get a Bunnings snag. And then, you know, that's, that's usually like the Saturday morning with Dad. The tip and Bunnings. Yeah, like it was definitely... I mean, you could argue that the dad that your dad smells of tip. Yeah. <laughs> like as in... My dad now of, smells of compost because he mows lawns. <laughs> smells of the tip is what reminds me of my dad. <laughs> the smell of waste. <laughs> so, they, this is where they find... We'll just play the clip. This is where they find Mr. Sparklebox and Homer's just like, what the hell? Lisa, Dad, come here quick. There is something that you won't believe. What the heck is that? Maybe it's a box from the future. It looks Japanese. <laughs> What's going on? Why am I on a Japanese box? Which which looks like that? Oh my god! I I love this uh this whimper that Dan does for Homer. Will you? What what the hell is this? What's going on? It's just (laughs) I I love it. Marge is then helping out at the church. She found a lot of dead pigeons in the organ and whatnot. And the Reverend's impressed because now he's got this free time. What is it that he finds? A seven hundred year um something of shame. Uh, uh, he found, sorry, I did actually write that down because it was a sentence that really, it's just that he rediscovered a form of shame that hasn't yes. been used for 700 years. Yep, 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 yep. Again, just looking to put people down and make them feel bad about themselves. But that's also, that's not just him. That's kind of Christianity as a whole that like it's Christian, sorry, Catholicism, not Christianity. Um, but like religious guilt is definitely something that is you know, constantly brought up in 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 both drama and comedy whenever it's mentioned, really. Skinner then calls classic Agnes versus Skinner. She put cardboard over her half of the TV. This and time this was my favourite. This is my other favourite moment. What, four of them? Come on. No, I only ha- I've only said two of them. Uh, I thought you said your other one was the... Um, we mentioned it before. Yeah, but I only had two. This was the third one. And no, no, no. no. Yeah, Dando, trust me. I only wrote down three. <laughs> okay. But yeah, this of the... She taped... She put cardboard over her half of the TV. We read a man without a face. I didn't even know he had a problem. Yeah, so good. <laughs> just the delivery of that is so good. <laughs> this time followed, she's gone too far. later in the episode with, I'm not principal of the line, mother. <laughs> and you never will be. I thought this was going to be another reference to the, the, the bed pillow. Oh, or the bath yeah, pi- yeah. Is it bath pillow or bed pillow? The uh, bath pillow, I think. Bath pillow, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you Who wouldn't call, call something We're a bed both pillow. Dead. A bed pillow is just a pillow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Reverend offers absolutely no help at all. And Marge is concerned. She's like, he was looking for help and you gave him nothing. Hmm. It was the mid-70s and I was fresh out of seminary. 
The 60s were long over, and people were once again ready to feel bad about themselves. I came to Springfield ready to roll up my sleeves and help my fellow man. There was just one fellow man I hadn't counted on. Reverend, I'm, a, I'm afraid something terrible has happened. Well, sit down and rap with me, brother. That's what I'm here for. Well, I was talking to doing a dance called The Bump, but my hip slipped and my, my buttocks came into contact with the buttocks of another young man. I see. Then the calls began. Well, I, I think I may be coveting my own wife. I'm meek, but I could probably stand to be meeker. I, I think I swallowed a toothpick. Finally, I just stopped caring. Luckily, by then, it was the 80s, and no one noticed. Now, because of this scene, for all afternoon at work, so I watched it again on my lunch break, I was just humming in my head, Jesus is just alright with me. And like, Why uh, are you singing that song? I'm like, it's stuck a, in my head. That's a really bad song. Like, yeah. it works <laughs> It works here for, for two seconds, but then you hear the song, and you're like, oh, that's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, that is the entirety of the song. And that was my afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> I but, think um, I think my favourite of Flanders' problems was I think I may be coveting my own wife. Yes. <laughs> Followed by I'm meek, but I could probably stand to be meeker. Stand to be meeker. It's great animation here too of every time Flanders calls, Lovejoy's eyelids get lower and lower. Yeah. He's just like, he's wide-eyed, he's happy, he's ready to take on Springfield and he's just like, I just don't care anymore. This guy's broken me. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so we come back to the present day, and it's Lovejoy saying, "So I'd finally can, just can I just caring. say one more thing, a little nice touch that I thought was a little bit of detail that I really appreciated. Mm. So back in the day when he was a bit younger, his train set was a lot smaller. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. It was, it was like single tables, like a card table, whereas yeah. it ends up taking up half of the den. Yep, yep. But continue, sorry. So we come back, uh, Marge says, you know, you can't let a few bad experiences sour you forever. And he just says, yes, sure I can. Next time the phone rings, you take care of it. And this is the uh, this is the only joke, standout joke that I actually remembered from this episode. And again, I think it's because it made me laugh when I was a kid. Like, I'm the listen lady. Yeah, well, listen lady. Like, some, love, something about no, that just yeah, really... Yeah, other shut yeah. up, I'm asking her. But my favorite line from this whole call, and this is most call was my other favorite moment, was... She's like, okay, well, let's start from the top. Okay, well, uh, I've lost the will to live. (laughs) (laughs) I just think that the whole call was just fantastic. Also, you've got lots to live for. Really? That's not what Reverend Lovejoy's been telling me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This one's about my cat. (laughs) Shut up, I'm asking her. (laughs) We come back from commercial, and Homer is concerned about Marge volunteering. I thought here, this was, um, you've got the word for it. I couldn't quite remember. So when they're explaining the story, once again, to the viewers who may have just tuned in. Exposition. Exposition. Yeah, yeah. So, why would you volunteer at the church? And then Homer's looking at the box. She's like, get that off the table. It came from the dump. Yeah. It, it's Yes, that's very true. It is a, a little recap off the back of commercial just to, if in case you've missed it, here's the two points of story that we need to know. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, Dando, we're a third of the way in. We forgot to do alternate titles. Let's do that at the end. Oh, shit. Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep. I even asked for it in the... Before the mailbag. Yeah. <laughs> People will probably be watching this, uh, listening right now going, when are they going to get to the new names? We will have already received, because I love it when this happens, when someone <laughs> yes. someone messages us mid-podcast and then we get another message five minutes later and it's just, my apologies. Yeah. 
this I, I this scene sort of was not much at all to it. It's just uh, pro- someone's probably watching us right now. Um, they go to the Happy Sumo to get Akira to translate the box, tell him exactly what it is, and he explains what Mr. Sparkle is. Your dishes are very lucky, Mr. Simpson. <laughs> That's really your dishes are very lucky. <laughs> the, um, this, sorry, this next, just th- catching th- up on Frankie Yak. Okay, this next uh, scene though with Lenny talking to Marge, it's just a nothing scene to me. Like it's not even it's not even funny. It's just Marge giving advice, cook cook Carl a big meal, and then he'll forget all the bad news you have to tell him or any lies you have to tell him. I'm like, okay, yeah, just felt like just felt like absolute filler. They couldn't think of anything funnier than that, you know? It is surprising that that was the best they could come up with. I mean, there's funny elements to that. The fact that Lenny... The fact that Lenny's lying about having a wife is something that feels very Lenny. So, I've, I'm fine with that. But, yeah, it's not... It's certainly not played for big laughs. It's it's probably more of just like a gentle progression to show that now Marge is taking appointments. Mm. I just... I, but I think the sea captain's reason was hilarious. Your Game Boy's gone. It's at the yeah. bottom of the ocean. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so Lenny leaves. And this is where we get the line, uh, the principle of the line. Then Marge, uh, no, then Homer calls from the library. Yeah. And I'm just going to play this clip because it's just too perfect tonight. Mm-hmm. I'd like the phone book for Hokkaido, Japan, please. Okay. Here you go. The phone book for Hokkaido, Japan. Thank you. May I please use your phone? Is it a local call? E- yes. Yes, this is Homer Simpson from America. Who may I say is speaking to me? Uh, hello, Chief. Let's talk. Why not? Uh, hello? Why am I Mr. Sparkle? You like Mr. Sparkle? Well, I am Mr. Sparkle. You have many questions, Mr. Sparkle. I send you a premium answer question 100%. Hmm. Did, you, did you count how many beeps it was? I think it was about 19. I didn't count this time because I've done that bit before. Yeah, yeah. I love the dialogue. Hello, Chief. Let's talk. Why not? Why not? <laughs> Hello, Chief. Let's talk. Why not? <laughs> I send you oh, premium just... answer question 100%. And Homer's, hmm. <laughs> Look, Homer, as all he said is like, I am Mr. Sparkle. And then he's, getting, he's just getting free shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, then the Reverend is starting to feel neglected due to Marge because everyone at church now wants to talk to Marge instead of him. Yeah, well, it, well instead of the Lord. Yeah, that's true. Yep, yep, yep. Like I said before, this scene has more impact once you've seen the deleted scene. But the Ma- Mal's, I have a recurring dream in which I'm falling. <laughs> yep. Oh, dear God. Come with me, Mal. Right this way. Tim, take my calls. <laughs> he's now the assistant. The fact that he's now Tim, not even yes. Reverend. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yep, yep. Uh, then we get the Reverend talking to the saints. They're disgusted by his lack of effort to help others. Yeah, like what have I done to lose them? The question is, what have you done to keep them? Mm, that is mm. true. Deep. I feel like if there was a church in Geelong that had a, a pastor who was just really energetic, you know the ones where they have like choirs just going mental and having a great time? Yeah, I yeah. would go to that. Uh, I'd go to it once. 
Yeah. It'd be like I piano I wouldn't bar. attend every week. I wouldn't give up every Sunday, but it'd be fun to go yeah. for every now and then. Yeah. No, I was going to say, like, when Piano Bar came in, it was all booked out, took months to get in. You went in there, and it was fun, but then you go a second time, you're like, ah, oh, he's just playing the same songs. He's not actually taking requests at all. Yeah, that's the and thing. I, I was When I went for your birthday, I was like, no, he sang this last time. Yeah. You, you, I yeah. trusted you. You lied. Yeah. Claims it's a request. It's more that it's just, here's my set list, and if one of these songs pops up on a title, I'll just say that Jenna sent it in from Table 7. Because I, th- I reckon he just makes up names. He's like, yeah, and... Uh, uh, Sarah from Table 3 wants... Or it doesn't actually say Table Like Sarah wants this song. It's like, there's no totally. Sarah in the room. Well, he was actually at a wedding uh, that I, were, I, well, I was at over the weekend. Like, they, they hired that guy. And this wedding had someone who was very, very, very tall marrying a man a bit shorter than her. So, I... He was marrying like, a man know, a bit sh- A very tall girl. Yeah, mean? very tall woman. Okay, so yeah, yeah. So, I... He's like, Do you, I'll, I'll take some requests. I was like, Short People by Randy Newman. And he looked at me <laughs> with a blank face. I was like, are you fucking kidding? You play piano and you're not going to bust out Randy Newman? How do well, you he play- well, he can't, well, he can't play it. He didn't play it. I thought you meant he looked at you blankly as if to say, well, that's offensive. No, he looked at me blankly as if to say, I don't know that, but I can do a cover of The Lion King. Like, I was like, give me five minutes and I can figure that song out. Randy Newman, exactly. It's like eight notes in it. Bump, 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 bump. Just sing acapella, mate. Yeah, that's 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 upsetting. That's not a very good endorsement for piano bar, I must say. No, piano bar is fun. Just go once. Yeah. All of Geelong goes once, dead. No one ever goes back. But where are we up to? So, alright. So this is where Helen calls Marge because Reverend's now depressed, and this is really good acting from Harry here. Attention HO scale passengers. The dining car is closed. Root beer is still available, but the cost is now six fifty. If the passengers will look to the right, you will see a sad man. That is all. Finally some depth to the character. Because even still up to this point, they haven't really given the character any depth. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, it is like just a nice bit of foreboding from the episode as well. And Marge's advice, I gotta say, like it makes sense, but she's not really diving into an issue. It's kind of Dr. Phil style advice. Like you can't just get he's really despondent and go, well, that's all the information I need. No, you need to actually talk to the person. Yeah, it's a little bit, why don't we forget all our troubles with a big bowl of strawberry ice cream? Yeah, very true. Mr. Sparkle video, the video now arrives. It's dated because it's VHS. I'm sure there's a lot of kids watching this oh, now be like, what the hell? Hang but on, before we it. move to Mr. Sparkle, can we yeah. get the dialogue from Lovejoy while he's listening to the, while he's playing with his trains? Oh, yeah, I thought we covered it. Yeah, I was going to play oh, the okay. clip, but continue. Oh, yeah, good. Okay. <laughs> so, it, it, the specificity of Lovejoy with root beer is still available, but the cost is now six fifty. Yeah, I just really loved that line in particular. Look, th- this is a really big thing for him. Like, he loves playing with these trains. He takes it really seriously. Yeah. I love his little conductor's hat too. Yes. <laughs> he couldn't do it without the hat. No. Anyway, so, yes. Now, well, so we come back from the commercial. Homer gets the tape from Japan. No, it's not even commercial. Oh, is it just cut to? Okay. Yeah. But the video arrives. Um yeah, like I said, it's dated. Kids now wouldn't have any idea what a VHS is. Uh, but I just, I, I like the idea of a VHS. Uh, yeah, I like it as well. I like how much packing tape or uh, packing styrofoam there is as well. Yes, like that's what I loved about it. a VHS is this big bulky thing. Like kids now be like, why don't you just send it on a USB stick? Why don't you just Dropbox it to me? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it starts off this guy in the uh, in the spa. Hello, American investor. <laughs> did you see the, the the picture I put up in the Patreon group? Uh, new, oh yes, I did. Yeah, me when the Patreon money rolls in. <laughs> Uh, it actually made me feel a little self-conscious about my figure. I've been, oh, no, 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 no. I've been recording this episode from a treadmill. Yes. <laughs> the, then we get the commercials. Do I, do I just, can I, am I allowed to play the commercial in its entirety? I'm sure uh, it's Sparkle Matsumushu. What's it? Matsa, what's the company? A lot of it's visual. Matsumura. Like there's a lot of subtitles that's in the true, commercial. That's yeah. true, So I don't, I don't know that that's going to work. But I think the listeners have watched that so many times they can visualize it whilst they listen to it. <laughs> I am disrespectful to dirt. I, I wouldn't play the whole thing. Oh, I'll play some of it because it's just so great. Mr. Spacolo! Uno yo besto! Boring! I never understood why Bart found it boring. How could you find that boring? Uh, you'd find it weird. But he says boring. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it. I think that's the sort of thing that you find funnier when you're older and just find baffling as a kid. You wouldn't understand what's happening. Yeah, I still. I wouldn't be saying boring. But like, what the hell? <laughs> Whereas, in, as an adult, you don't understand what's happening, but you enjoy it because of that. Whereas, yeah. I think if you're a kid and you don't understand what's happening, your brain just switches off. It's like confused, I don't get this. Yeah. It's too yeah. hard. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Then they explain what Mr. Sparkle actually is. And there's your answer, fishbulb. And then that's the end of the Mr. Sparkle storyline. We haven't even started the third act yet. It's just, mm. it's really minuscule in this episode. Really, it's just a reason to distract the family, basically. and Because they, they didn't need them in the Marsh story until the final act. Uh, yeah, it's true. Maybe they couldn't think of a way to tie in the Mr. Sparkle story and have the family then join Marge, which is why they just had that Thanks for picking us up, Reverend. Because they yeah, end the story possibly. here, and then the next act is where they just pick up the family. Mm. Yeah, it's possible. But uh, Marge is then helping the sea captain. You've just got to accept it. Your Game Boy is gone. It's at the bottom of the ocean. Aye. 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 And I love the little tear at the end. He's so sad he's lost his Game Boy. <laughs> but, well, but I would be too. Game Boys Game were, Boys all were the amazing. Rage. Yeah. Game, game, like, it, I don't think. Was there any kids out there who didn't have a Game Boy? Um. Like, you had to have a Game Boy yeah. in the late 90s. Yeah, most people I knew had one. And then you could get the Game Boy Connect. It was like the was first version the of multiplayer. Thing. Oh, yeah. mate. So, the Pokemon game? Yeah. Uh, then Flanders calls Marge. And she gives pretty terrible advice. Go tell the, the well, kids does to she get out. Really, I don't think that is terrible advice. I think it's that Flanders just handles it really badly. Does he, though? He just... Uh, he, he handles it awkwardly. Firstly... But, yeah, awkwardly. Firstly, the fact that he says, I think they could start slacking at any moment. Like, it's not like you're going to hear that and go, geez, it's an actual threat. But when he, like... Uh, excuse me, fellas. I couldn't help thinking it might be nice if you could... Uh, vamoose, you know? And they're, <laughs> they're doing nothing wrong. As opposed <laughs> to just, kids, you need to leave this... Like, get out of the front of the store. You don't reckon they would react the same way if you said that? Uh, no, if you came over with authority as opposed to just being a weak, meek target. Yeah, I guess so. Like, they look at him and go, you're not, like, yeah, whatever. We can do whatever we want. It's like, you know what this is? This is like Presbaluski on his first day in class trying to tell someone <laughs> to sit down behind the desk. <laughs> uh, and Flanders doesn't come home that night. I, I, I like the reveal here, the way they had Maud go to Marge's house the next day. Yeah, that is pretty funny. I also, I thought about it initially and I was like, it it catches you off guard because 
you would expect that to be a callback that happens a scene later. The fact that it's immediately afterwards, I actually thought that was going to be about something completely different. Yeah, yeah, that's why it does get you. Yeah, you're true. So we come back and Marge reveals to uh, Reverend at the Troubles Flanders. Um, she starts questioning herself. Like, well, maybe, maybe mm. I'm not giving good advice. Like, well, where do the helpers turn for help? And then we get there. And they've used a similar gag here when Lisa flicks the light in Trials of Horror 6. It's like the third dimension. Yeah. Um, but so, so now Reverend, it's like he's... I know he's starting to take charge and he's starting to give himself a bit of sense of purpose now. He, he wants to fix this. It's, it's, it's for the first time in a long time he actually wants to help somebody. Yeah, it is. Uh, which is, it's good. Like, this is the redemption, basically. And they yep. handle it within about five minutes of episode time, which is very well done. Yep. Uh, I also like how the last few minutes are dedicated entirely to Lovejoy. I think it's a really strong way to end the episode. Yeah, and like you said, this is a Lovejoy episode. I yeah. feel like if Lovejoy was in the title, people would remember this episode more. I think they'd remember the true parts of the episode more. Yeah, because yeah. like you were saying before, because it's called in Marge We Trust, you're like, oh, it's that Marge one where she helps people. And because her actually helping people isn't that funny or really have much to do with it, it's just like, I don't want to watch that shit. Yeah, that was kind of, not not as bluntly, but yeah. Oh, but you know I what I mean, of, yeah. I kind of was like, uh, yeah, like I don't really know a lot about what happens here. Um, and that's just because I'd completely forgotten all of the good Lovejoy stuff. I guarantee you there's a lot of people out there who forget, well, maybe not forget, but well, I guess you say forget about the, the baboon scene. A lot of them definitely would. Uh, not someone wrote in about the baboons, actually, to the Patreon page. Uh, okay. Baboon. I'll give a sneak peek. David Mott came up with a fantastic alternate title, Crouching Baboon, Hidden Reverend. That was a very good one, yes. You, you, you've thrown out the best one already. How, how do we do the rest of it now? Oh, there's there, a couple right? others that are pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the last time Baboon was used in The Simpsons was when, Mitch? Can you pa- remember? Pastor of the Apes from Kieran Russell. <laughs> uh, the last time Baboon was used was, of course, yeah, um, at least a substitute. Yes. Fantastic. Um, they get a phone call from Flanders. And he, Marge knows where he is because of the price of the gas, Donnie's discount gas. Mm-hmm. Then we get the thanks for stopping by the house to pick us up, Reverend. So the family's all now with him. They're talking to Donnie, just sort of wasting their time, basically. Yeah, I saw him. Points across the road, and then magically there's a zoo. The middle of nowhere, then there's a zoo across the corner, across the street. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, Flanders basically thinks it's all over because they hear him screaming. They're looking, and as you would, if you're in a tire and there's all these vicious baboons, you're like, I'm dead. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like... If not dead, certainly serious damage is coming. Yeah. You actually do feel bad for Flanders. I'm pretty sure it's baboons that attack the car in The Omen, now that I think about it. Yeah. When they sense the evil of Damien and start attacking the car. Very frightening scene. I thought it was odd that he wanted a really extravagant funeral. Yeah. uh, I feel like that's just a joke against type. Like, instead of... You know, he's been meek his whole life, and now he wants to go out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> the tourists then think Homer is Mr. Sparkle. I like this. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. Yeah. The family then all offer their advice to Ned, which I thought was hilarious as well, but then the guy's just like, nope, they're going to have to kill him, otherwise it's bad for their... Is it their, for their society or something? Yeah. Um, but but if they don't they, kill the intruder, it's really bad for their society. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're going to eat his skin first. That would be a bad way to go, man. Oh, Yeah. Eating yes. your skin and then killing you. Yeah. I don't imagine that they'd be able to be that delicate. I feel like they'd be taking a fair part of flesh as well. Oh, getting eaten alive, is there a worse way of dying? Maybe burning alive? Uh, 
Now, well, burning alive, from what I understand, is actually not that bad because the fire takes out the oxygen around you so quickly that you actually pass out. Like, you don't burn to death, you suffocate. But you'd be feeling it for a few seconds at least. For a few seconds, but it's not as bad as it would seem. And I guess getting eaten to death, if they're just eating your limbs, you're not dying straight away. No, that's going to take time. That's why zombies are so scary. (laughs) Zombies of all things. Uh, Lovejoy then arrives on the train. <clears throat> it's a nice little tie-in because, you know, he loves trains. But I love that they draw drew it small enough where it just looks... It's it's just small enough for it to look ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. It's a great... What is that train, what is that train for? Uh, well, it'd be a tour of the park, wouldn't it? For, for, ki- for kids to get tours, I guess? Yeah. But who's driving it? Because he's clearly too big for it. That's a good question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I loved the... His his heroic line, entrust your hand to mine, Ned. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool little action sequence here with all the yeah. When he goes flips on. over the branch and kicks the ones two behind it, say, say your, your prayers, prayers, you heathen, heathen baboons. <laughs> <laughs> and then you think he's gonna have one fucking epic showdown with that last baboon that comes out of nowhere? Nope, just lets the train loose. Yeah, <laughs> that's still pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Earns back the respect of Ned. Yeah, um, learns that being a uh, reverend is more than not caring about people, and then classically, and I forgot about this re-entering baboon country. Yes, <laughs> you just hear them chanting in the background. Yes, yep, yep, yep. Then we cut to baboons to the left of me, baboons to the right. It's just, it's, um, it's the best. <laughs> is that reverend's greatest moment? <laughs> I think it, it's pretty close to it. Um, it's just, I said them it's, flying it's, it's, like two hairy footballs, <laughs> and it's because it's, it's Reverend not it's Reverend not being Reverend. You know, it's yeah. I don't know you just you're seeing a side of him that you never see ever again. Yeah. I don't think, and he's invigorated. It's just tremendous. I also do love actually in an episode coming up. I think it's in season nine. Good God, he's the real deal when he when it's the leader, and he sees the fake spaceship. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite. Uh, Lovejoy moments as well. But yeah, all in all, this episode, it's a Lovejoy story. So don't be put off by the title. It's not, and it's not even really about Mr. Sparkle. Mr. Sparkle's barely in it. It's funny for what it is, Mr. Sparkle, but this is just purely to give a bit of a bit of depth to the character of Lovejoy. They do a really good job of it. Like you were saying at the start, Mitch, the pacing of it's a lot different from your usual Simpsons episode by this point in the series, but it's good because of that. It's just, you can take it in a lot easier and it gives mm. each gag a purpose and it sort of builds up to each gag as opposed to just being gag, 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 gag. You just described my sex life. What did we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, what did I learn from the episode? I learned that in the... Um, no, you know what? I was about to steal something from uh, a patron because I couldn't actually find the comment anymore. But I won't do that, Dando. I'm above it. I learned that the that Japanese commercials have not evolved very much in the last... 15 years because if you were to do a parody Japanese commercial today it would be identical to one that they did back then you are aware 1997 was 22 years ago yep <laughs> <laughs> well, I just randomly picks 15 okay cool <laughs> I learned that next time you've got me over for a big dinner you're going to have some terrible news for me <laughs> Um. yeah well risotto is good for that actually it kind of it lowers the heart rate <laughs> yes from this day forward, your name shall be... Mailbag time. But before we get into the mailbag, we've got two things to do. I'm going to be reading out patron uh, shout-outs. But before that, 
We've got some new names to get through out of the way. We do. Uh, so thank you very much to everyone that took the time. to. There were some fantastic submissions. Uh, so the one that we've already covered. Jason Charles with My Fair Listen Lady was a pretty decent one. Chelsea Searle, The Passion of the Marge. Mm-hmm. Joseph O'Hara actually submitted one that's a visual, but I'll try to do it in my best. This is Marge Simpson. I'm listening. Frasier, for all of yes. playing at home. Very but, good. Um, <laughs> Nicholas, uh, James, Pickler, are you there, Marge? It's me, Flanders. These aren't too bad. Th- there's some really, really good ones this year. Uh, so this year. Well, this it year, is well, this year, uh, yeah. technically. Yep. <laughs> Joanne Vu, the little love joy that could, calling back to the trains. Mm-hmm. Neil Parks, I was a fan of this one. The Listener and the Glistener. The Glistener? So the Listener is in Marge and the Glistener yeah. as in the detergent. Oh, yes. Very good. Yeah. Lex Fraser with I Wish I Was Witty. Uh, oh, hang on. No, that's just that's just her. Hey. Hey. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there just to, just to scare you. <laughs> Maybe Could do a bit of research. either way. No, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking Lex Luthor. Yeah, that's true. I was thinking Lex as in... Alexia? Lex, well, Lex from Jurassic Park. See, that, that's why I didn't no. name Ali a name that can be both ways. Because definitely it's just too confusing, Definitely a man. girl, Zando. Lex is definitely a girl. I hope so. Otherwise, I've... you just offended a man. No, no. I just did a tiny bit of uh, Facebook... <laughs> Facebook stalking. A tiny bit. I opened the profile. That was enough. But is there two people in the fo- in the profile photo? Yeah, but then um, the most recent photos, there are a large number where there is not. Oh, okay. Actually, the most recent photo is Ken Griffey Jr. from The Simpsons. Um, <laughs> sorry, not Ken Griffey. Uh, Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry. I knew what you meant. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so um, Joel and King said, um, threw a bunch in there. Hotline Marge, Marge on the line, conversations with Marge and the big man upstairs. You know what, Jolin? I don't know that any of those are word plays. <laughs> <laughs> What's your new name? Did you get one this week? Uh, I just went with Goodbye, Mr. Sparkle. Uh, mm-hmm. Play on Goodbye, Mr. Chips. Yeah. Kristen Nell, the talented Mr. Sparkle. That's cool. Uh, a play on uh, the talented, talented Mr. Mr. Ripley. Ripley. Yeah. Well, thank you for writing in this week to our amazing patrons. If you want access to the Patreon Facebook group, of course, just sign up to Patreon. Just $2 plus per month. You also get access to a few podcasts as well as the prize draw that we're going to draw next week. Mitch, it's time for me to do some shout-outs. We got to have a party. All right, so it's time for some shout-outs. Like I said, we've got Zach Wood, Matthew Bayer, Henrik Winterland, Catherine Ashwork is back on board, James Booth, David Stewart, Andrew Kellogg, Alora, Bridget Bell, Jacob Gill, Paul Di Natale. Is that right? Di Natale. (laughs) Nick Miskinis, Luke Russell, Rob Cliff, Emma Halford, Rob Cochran, Rob Meehan, Scott Anderson, Nick Shedlowski, Aaron Petrie, Tony Letts and Mr. Daniel Crawford. Thank you so much for your support, guys. It truly means the world to us. We love all our patrons, don't we, Mitch? We do. Uh, the new ones as much as we love the old. And the only Patreons that we love more than the Patreons we have are the Patreons that we could have tomorrow. So tell your friends about all of the delights and the many happiness you receive by providing $1 per month to us. And now it's time for... Jamil! Jamil is here! Ooh! Okay, so the first uh, email that I'm going to read for 2019 is an email that I can't actually read in full because it begins with Mitch and Dando. Before I begin this, uh, should you read it, I just have a request that you please don't mention any of this on the show. (laughs) Any of this. (laughs) Any of this. Uh, But if you do, please do so with the utmost uh, discretion. So, 
that's all I really need to get into. Uh, the person is probably already going to know who they are, but they have pointed out their favorite episode. So I'm reading this out just so they have a way of identifying who they are. The favorites are, and Maggie Mates 3, Springfield, the or How I Learned to... Stop, uh, how I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Legalized Gambling, Bart versus Australia, Brother Can You Spare Two Dimes. So, the only reason I'm reading this out, this means nothing to anyone else, and I'm not going to get into it. I just want this particular person to know that, yes, we have read your email, and yes, we absolutely do care, and thank you very much for sharing. That is um, pretty much all that needs to be said. Just know that we're in your corner. We'll move on from that to Rob Cochrane, or I assume it's Cochrane. Cochrane. I say Cochrane. Cochrane. Cochrane, not Cochrane, which <laughs> now that I've said out loud is the only way I'll ever be able to say that and I will giggle every time. Like Titmouse. At Cochrane. <laughs> um, Rob's recently signed up as a $5 patron his second time around after hearing about the Seinfeld show, hmm. which we'll be doing uh, pretty soon. Um, I So he was listening to Seincast, but he felt it got boring for a while. They're a bit dry oh. compared to us. So I heard that they've just finished... Uh, their show. So, good time for us to start. <laughs> you know, it'd be great is if we just rip their MP3 and release that as our first episode. <laughs> That'd be so good. Let's do it. <laughs> I think it's... Um, I don't know. We could probably get in trouble. We but... just cut out whenever they say it's so-and-so. We just change our names. Yes. That'd be, that'd be the easiest way possible to do an entire Seinfeld podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Uh, welcome, welcome to Signcast with your hosts Mitch and Dando. <laughs> uh, I wonder how long it would take people to con on as well. Uh, if we're, going, if we're yeah. going right back to the start of Seinfeld, like nine seasons ago, they might have forgotten what they said. Yeah, probably. I'd say if someone stole my first episode of this, I wouldn't have a clue. Uh, anyway, um, Alex F writes in, "Hello, lads. I was driving around the other day, and a random question came into my head. Uh, he's got one for me and one for you, mm-hmm. Mitch." What would you say is the most pretentious item that you have in your house, decoration or furniture? Um, the 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 portrait, self portrait of yourself. I don't have one of those <laughs> drawing. I do have a couple um, sketches of myself done by like, uh, uh, what's the word? Not parodies. Um, those things where you're drawn to look funny. Caricatures. caricatures I have some yeah. caricatures in the house. Um, Oh, see, the thing is, I don't know if I have anything overly pretentious that's a decoration, but I do have a fountain pen that, despite the fact that a fountain pen is so technically irrelevant compared to a ballpoint pen. Like a ballpoint pen, really convenient. Pick it up whenever you want, write with it whenever you want. But I love the fact that I have a fountain pen. I went out to Office Works. I bought some ink. I am looking into getting a really cool hand-carved ink well to keep the ink in. Uh, so I think that by far, that I insist on taking with me to work and then bringing home from work in case anyone else had managed to get their hands on it. And I do more note-taking than could be humanly necessary with my fountain pen. Is your name engraved in it? No, I didn't want to disrespect the pen. I'm disrespectful to Penn. Can't you see that I'm serious? <laughs> <laughs> so that that's got to go really close. Uh, if it's not that, um, no, I think it's definitely that. The most hipster thing I have is a mason jar that I keep my kitchen utensils in. Really? Yeah. How many utensils are we talking though? Uh, six or so. There's okay. like a ladle. There's a slotted spoon. There's a non-slotted spoon. There's a wo- couple wooden spoons. That sort of stuff. A potato masher. What's the most pretentious thing in your bedroom? I, I call it my bouquet of utensils, if that counts. <laughs> uh, the most pretentious thing in my bedroom, myself. 
Besides yourself. Okay. Um, mm. like, do you have like something pretentious in the bathroom? Oh, cupboard? I've got a pocket watch. You would. <laughs> and you would use the hand that has a watch around the wrist to take said watch out of your pocket to read the time. Yes. Oh, it's, it's Let me actually... get my monocle on before I can so I can read my pocket yeah. watch. Yeah, I just remembered that. I've got a pocket watch in a drawer next to a another uh, rather expensive watch. Anyway, uh, the question for you, Dando. Mm. What is the geekiest thing that you have in your house that is not kept in the podcasting room? That's not in the podcasting room. So it could have to be out in the garage. The geekiest thing, uh, uh, VHS of the original Transformers movie that I borrowed from the video shop. You that, got the touch. That I, <laughs> that I never took back from the shop and I always could never, give my, never bring it to myself to throw it out. So you the original got tra- the power. <laughs> The original Transformers movie on VHS from Champagne Video, Lavian Square, Norlane, Geelong. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's fantastic. <laughs> one Is that nerdy enough? That one enough? shall stand, one shall fall, none shall rewind. Don't get me wrong. It's a fantastic movie. <laughs> and it's, like, it's even got like the, you know, the ads at the start. Have you got what you paid for? That kind oh, of thing. Oh, yes. That's why I yeah. couldn't throw it out. I was like, I love this shit. It's too good. Yeah. Uh, Steve Britton. The voiceover artist from Australia who did that. Really? Okay. People. Yeah. There's a fact. It was, it was before the, you wouldn't steal a handbag. <laughs> like, yeah, that's true. Um, it was one of my, uh, oh, who did it? I don't remember. Was Aussie comedian. I really, really loved his joke about that. It was, um, he said those ads like, you wouldn't steal a mobile phone. You wouldn't steal a car. And I thought, you're right. I wouldn't. But if a friend of mine called me up and said, hey, I've just got a new car. Do you want me to burn you a copy? <laughs> 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 Anyway, um, Nick writes in with the Simpsons quote in real life. He's been listening to the podcast for a few months and has made it almost to the end of season five. Hmm. Going through Sweet Seymour Skinner. Uh, Badass song. Yeah. And the quote, class after class of ugly, ugly children. Oh, love it. Yeah. So, good. <laughs> so he works for the Department of Education in the UK. Recently, when discussing a poorly performing school, he added to the long list of reasons why it was failing that there was class after class of ugly, ugly children. Got a small chuckle from a few of the staff members and then quickly had to explain to the older ones why I said it before being told off by a senior colleague. Yeah. <laughs> I love it when you drop a Simpsons quote and you can see there's some people in the room that haven't seen the Simpsons. You're like, oh, damage control. Damage control. Yeah. Yep. It's like I, I, Nicola's mum was upset when I put a picture of Elliot online that says, You're sh- I'm a stupid baby. She's like, why would Brendan do that? Mm. I was like, it's okay. It's from the Simpsons. She's like, okay. Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Nick also points out something that may be the nerdiest thing that's ever been written into us. One of the things that he really loves in The Simpsons, but is not often mentioned on the podcast or anywhere else, I would imagine, because if it was, we would have mentioned it on the podcast, are subtle references to history. So, the Lord Palmerston Pitt the Elder argument, for example, is important to the UK PMs and to US history, or in Bart the General, when Herman uses the treaty from the 1870 to 71 Franco-Prussian War to negotiate peace between Bart and Nelson. And I think we all remember how that went. See, this is one of those things where I would bring up those facts early on, and you'd be like, this fact's boring. The listeners are bored, Dando. Move on. So, I stopped doing it. No, they weren't the sorts of ones that I was bored by. For production the facts, facts, wasn't it? The facts that were boring would be like, yeah, like the the writers came up with this over a a lunch of a tuna salad. <laughs> like, oh great, <laughs> <laughs> I can die happy now knowing that. Did we not discuss the pit the elder? I thought we would have. I don't know. The bat. Oh, um. Anyway, we obviously didn't. <laughs> I need you to 
not mention his last name. Okay. So can this beep that out? The the listeners heard a beep. That's why you heard a beep before, listeners. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good. (laughs) Thank you very much, Dando. So, uh, and um, yeah. Whoops. I mean, if you if you're going to write in and you like you you must know by now. uh, You're only halfway through the run, I suppose. But you must know that I I often just read these emails on the fly. So if you want something to be confidential, please say that at the beginning of the email. And if you want to hear this guy's last name, sign up to Patreon at patreon.com slash fourfinger discount. There will be yeah. no beep. <laughs> <laughs> Suddenly we go up like $5,000 for the month. Yeah. <laughs> 5,000 disappointed people. James O... Well, hang on. Let me just scan this. I don't say anything. James O. Mullane. Hi, guys. Well, while listening to the Christmas special, I finally thought of a question to ask you. Hopefully no one has already asked this question. What is the most relatable married life moment from The Simpsons? Not necessarily Marge and Homer. Thanks again for the great podcast. We might end the mailbag on this question, by the way. What's the point in going out? We just wind up back here anyway. <laughs> <laughs> is that married life or is that just life? I guess that's just life in general. Um, it's It certainly would be close to your married life, given that Nicola can't go more than 33 minutes without making a plan. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> the amount of times so I'm like, hey, hey, man, do you want me to record? No, we've got dinner. No, we've got someone else for dinner. No, my friends unexpectedly came for dinner. No, I'm going to my parents for dinner. No, we've got brunch. I, so, a lot of the time, it's notor- my family, my parents in general are notorious for saying, hey, dinner at our place tonight. And they'll message me at like three o'clock and I'm like, oh, I've got to edit podcasts. And they're like, or record a podcast. Oh, well, you never come over. I'm like, well, then don't fucking ask me two hours before you want me there. <laughs> Give me time. <laughs> I think for me, uh, was it season nine? I think um, when they're going through the run of reasons why they haven't been intimate and it's just enchiladas. Enchiladas. <laughs> that... <laughs> Like that, that absolutely for me, like just times where you go out for dinner and, and I, I've since learned, like if you're planning a romantic And go, night, going in, you have full intentions of doing something when you get home. Oh yeah, exactly. On the way, so, to, on the way to dinner. Yeah. So, well, do it beforehand. Yes. If you're going to be, if you're going to go out for a romantic dinner and be intimate, be intimate first. So that way you can eat whatever you want. And then if you come home and crash, that's no dramas. Have you ever, so two things. First question. Have you ever just finished cooking the meal? And then go, wait, let's not eat yet. Let's go do our business and then eat at home. I wouldn't want the meal to get cold. And second, have you ever uh, eaten a meal and then Ash is looking to get intimate and you're like, I just ate, I'm full, I can't. And yet that look of just like, I fucking hate you right now. There was a time that I like passed out on her through a combination of drunkness and tiredness. Um, But I was desperately trying not to. So like I'm often fighting against myself to not do that but my body just starts to shut down you've never blamed food for not doing sex i've probably not blamed it outright but i've probably uh maybe avoided advances avoided advances so what's advanced so what do you mean give us an example so like you might get a little bit of subtle massage action yes and (laughs) and you just like oh i gotta go to the toilet (laughs) <laughs> That's the most putting off thing ever. I gotta go shit. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Alrighty. Well, there you have. It. That's the mailbag for this week. Did we answer his question? Was that the answer to the question? Uh, yeah, I think so. We've both given it. Oh, well, for, for me, I guess you could you could say the old "What if I talk like this?" Just Homer, just mm. not giving up. <laughs> the most obvious one to to bring up would be uh, the perfect date night, eating takeaway in the drive thru and just dancing. Yeah, 
But that's too obvious. <laughs> yes. And who has ever actually done that? Um, not just in the drive-thru. Ash and I are really big on like the simplicity of just on a Sunday, particularly in summer if it's nice weather, just going down, grabbing a kebab or a falafel or something like that and just eating it down at Eastern Beach. And yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. yeah, not even really doing it. Just like find a bench and just watch people walk by and, mm-hmm. and eat. It's a nice way to unwind. That's probably as close as that comes. But anyway, so thanks for listening to our review of In Marge We Trust. Do you know what's next week, Mitch? Next week's one we've already recorded. Oh, week off. Another week off. <laughs> but in, in that time, we're going to be recording our reviews for patrons. We're going to be doing the, uh, what was the Christmas one? Holidays of Future Past. And we've had another request for this month to do Trilogy of Error which is one of my favorite Ooh. post-season 12 episodes. And who, uh, when did that... Re- be in season I didn't 12. see that request. When did that come through? That came from the email this week. Yeah. Oh, right. So that was the, the Christmas present. Yes. That's yeah. the Christmas present. Yes. Awesome. So it'll be... Uh, we're looking forward to doing that one. Trilogy of Error is one of my favorite uh, post-Golden Era episodes of The Simpsons. It's yeah, fantastic. Nice. So looking forward to that. Um, also, in the next few weeks, we'll be doing our first Seinfeld podcast as well. So stay mm-hmm. tuned for that. But Mitch, for now... Got any final words oh, for and, the listeners? Until and next week? don't um, I saw a comment from Richard Hanny the other day about Futurama. Do not fear, Futurama is not disappearing. It's just as it was always sort of the plan that we were going to do the first season of that and then just take a quick breather from it. But we will definitely be getting back into it. People have been loving Futurama, and it's been a lot yeah. of fun for me to watch episodes for the first time. So the Futurama pod will definitely be continuing on Patreon. We're just sort of taking. Uh, well, look, the first. First season of Seinfeld is only four episodes or five episodes, five, so yeah, yeah. it's not going to be a long breather before we have a look at something else. Yes. All right, Mitch. Any final words for the listeners? Oh, oh no, that's that was going to be really racist. <laughs> <laughs> Can I leave that in? <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh my god! Continue. What's, what's your final words now? Um, I mean, accidentally racist. I should point that out. <laughs> it was just going to sound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, hello, um, listen lady, I accidentally, I was about to do a parody on a sh- of a Japanese person to a show of thousands of people and sound, sound horrendously inappropriate. What can I do? <laughs> <laughs>